Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah and I'm here with Gabby Gast and she helps empower parents to create peace and happiness with their partner or kids or ex-partner or whoever else. (laughs) And, you know, she understands firsthand the difficulty of living with children 50% of the time and and the fears of that and not being there for each and every milestone. Um, But she wants to help empower communication. So the time spent with your kids is better spent. Is that right, Gabby? Definitely. It, it, that's what it's all about. No matter who you're spending time with, just make the best out of it. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, the sadness and the grief of missing 50% of your kids' lives. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, tell people a bit about your experience with that. Yeah. Um, so I was married to my high school sweetheart. We um, got married. Um, we were engaged for quite a few years when we were younger. And then we decided to adopt. And I knew because I have cystic fibrosis that I was probably not going to be able to have a healthy pregnancy. So over my life, I kind of came to that realization. And my um, when we adopted my daughter, we ended up finding out that <laughs> For us to adopt um, together, we would have to be married. Otherwise, because we were only engaged at the time, I would adopt her. And then we'd go through the whole process again to actually have my then husband adopt her as well. So we quick got married in two weeks. We had already been engaged for a couple of years. And, you know, we, we got her when she was seven months old. And fast forward two years, we then adopted again, my son, um, he was a newborn, we got called when uh, bio mom was in, in labor, it was great. And so by the time we were together, and we had the kids, they were two, about two, three, and five when we divorced. And I did what everybody does. And I'm pretty sure I can account for a lot of people that have been women who've been divorced and even dads and men. What do I leave or do I stay? Do I stay because two parents in the same household is the best thing for my kids? Or I chose to leave because though it's very bittersweet that I only see them for half the time, even today, I could only be the best me if I was not with my ex-husband, my now ex-husband. So that was really hard for me because I've always put everybody else first. And even when I thought of divorce, it was like my kids go first. And really for them to be happy and for me to be happy, my ex and I just, we just didn't jive. We just, we thought we could do it. We were a high school sweetheart, just felt like the same, the right thing after five years of being together. And it just wasn't. So letting them be by him for half the time in my first year or so at least was a struggle. But when they weren't there, it was like, I actually got that me time. I actually Mm -hmm. got to figure out what was going on with me. Because even though, you know, it was verbally and mentally abusive towards me and our marriage then, um, I 
I played a part in it. You know, I, I let it happen for almost a decade that we were together. And there was always the good times, the bad times. And I knew that there was nothing that was going to happen, you know, with abuse, whether that be physical or mentally with my children and him. He loved them. I loved them. I love them. And it, I just had to come to that realization and move forward. And, you know, our divorce did end up in physical um, abuse. And I was strong enough at the time to recognize that. I think I had just hit that. That's it. I can't take anything else and just kind of left. So knowing that I really did not believe that he would do anything wrong. And still today, I mean, we talk and stuff and he loves them. It just was like, I could take that time for me to get back into the passions that I lost because I really did form a life around being with him versus forming a life around being with him and speaking up for myself on what I wanted to do for fun and enjoy. So yeah, in like a nutshell, it was like, then when they came back, it's like, you know, they'd be like stressed out from dad's house and, you know, I have a different household and things are different by me. But at the same time, it was like so joyous and it was just... Mm -hmm. I get you guys and I always get the two of you. And it was, it was, I'm so happy that I, even though it was hard, I'm really happy that I did take that step away from that marriage because I just don't know what would have, where I would be today. And so even though you get your kids 50% of the time, a hundred percent of the time that they get you, they get their best version of you. Is that what I'm hearing you say? You bet. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So now you help people have conversations with exes and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, Which is uh, absolutely challenging for so many of us. So, So why don't you talk about why that's important and then some tips to help? Yeah, I just, so for me, I've noticed over the years, just the way I grew up and the way other people, my friends grew up and things, there's, if you don't say what you're thinking, if you don't come out and share your feelings, share the emotion that's happening, there's so much assumption that happens. And that's assumption within myself. That's assumption within the pe- with the people around me, of me, of themselves. You know, I just, my first marriage, we let... We let our conversation just be what it was. We argued a lot. He wanted what he wanted. I wanted what I wanted. We didn't have a lot of compromising in between. I He was constantly doing what he loved, his hobbies, things like that. And for me, it was like my hobby became, it felt like my children because mm-hmm. I was always with them. I was always caretaking for them after we had the kids and I felt like, you know, I, I really didn't speak up a lot because I, in a way was afraid of being judged. And that's really sad that I was afraid of being judged by my own husband. Um, And not only that, it was like, okay, so I haven't spoken up for how long, if I start now, like what will change? What will happen? Well, I constantly went to the negative of like, just don't do it. Just don't just let it be, enjoy time, whatever you have. And I'm now remarried. Um, my husband and I have been together for about four and a half years. Um, and we got married earlier this year. And 
With him, I never knew that life with a partner, a teammate, could be what it is. Because what I had before was if I spoke up and I said anything, it was like, well, you're wrong or mm-hmm. nobody cares or, you know, things like that. And I really went into my next relationship saying, I have things that I love and I don't want to change for someone else. I want someone to love me for the person that I am. Um, and so we have been very open book. Um, he was in a very toxic past marriage as well. He has a son. Um, And so we brought blended our family. And the biggest thing for us was, and I noticed it right at the beginning was when we did not talk about, you know, bringing the kids together or, you know, when to meet this person and that person. And we just assumed ourselves what was right, how we were going to go about it. And without connecting his thoughts and my thoughts and really not judging each other and being so open to just, I want to know what he feels. I want to know if I say something, if it bothers him, what, you know, cause I don't, I don't want to shut down, which I always did. I, I was in that freeze mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really feel like the two of us, we, we, I'm not going to say we don't fight, But when we fight, it's not like it used to be where I would just freeze, go in my bedroom and not want to talk to anyone and hope that the conversation never came up again. With my husband now, it's just, okay, he says it. We may totally disagree and I'm like not having it, but we both know that like, it's okay to then respond even if we have to wait a little while, like we may have to take a step away, but we both know that. And we've talked about that, that we are individuals. Like I'm an individual, he's an individual. We have so much alike that brings us together, but that doesn't mean we're the same person and we have the same thoughts. So it's just, it's hard to get there for many, many, depending on the relationship you had before, or if you're in that relationship now, but as parents and a team, it just causes so much tension. And like your kids see that no matter if you're fighting behind closed doors quietly or it's out in the open, like they have such a sense of what's going on. And, you know, they should see a very, you know, an argument that's not yelling at each other, but it's an art, it's disagreeing but then you come and you figure out what you're going to do next. You don't want to shelter your kids from that because then they're going to grow up. And I feel like me, my parents didn't fight in front of us that often. So then when I got into my first relationship in my marriage, I was like, well, I think this is what you're supposed to do. Cause I really didn't know what was going on. So yeah, that's kind of how I take it as like, just open that door and it's not an overnight thing. But with time and practice, you know, my kids, we say practice makes progress. It's not perfect, but you're always making progress and we're always growing. And why not grow together with your partner and your kids? So what are some of your favorite tips for communication or where you see people have pitfalls in communication? Yeah, um, So one of them for me is when my husband and I did this, you know, way towards the beginning was, you know, I always had this idea that 
I needed to keep the house clean. Like, you know, growing up, whatever, generations, everything. But really it was just, I felt like if the house wasn't clean, whether I did it or my husband does it, it's not good enough. Well, really he would come home and he would make comments and I'd make comments of stuff I wanted him to do, but never said anything. And eventually it was like, oh, like I had a breakdown and I just was like, okay, you come home and I'm like, I just, I didn't clean today. And he, he finally was like, I don't need the house clean. We have a family, we have a life. Like, I don't know why you put that pressure on you. And so he just said like, can you just, you know, put the laundry away after I do the laundry? Like he does the laundry and I put it away, fold it and put it away. And then also just to be sure that the kitchen counters are clean. Like they don't have to be spotless, but like no papers everywhere. And that's what I do. I grab, you know, the mail, throw it on the counter, whatever. And then the other piece that he said was just load the dishwasher. So here I was like putting all this pressure on myself to make sure like blankets are folded on the couch and the kids stuff is all put away and like trying to live a life that didn't accommodate us as living a life. And so once we talked about that and I did the same thing, I was like, all right, here's my three. And like, if those are done, I am so good. You have no idea. It was like, everything. It felt like the weight lifted from years, but like I had done that. I put that pressure on myself without even knowing because I didn't talk about it. Yeah. In toxic situations, the three always changes, right? Like even if they tell you a three, it's uh, oh, but it's a different three tomorrow or whoops, you got that three wrong. Yeah. So it's just a mess, you know, but uh, in a healthy situation, you can say, what's most important to you? What are your priorities? Great. What are your priorities? Great. Glad yeah. we got that taken care of. Let's move on, right? Yeah. Um, so I love I love that example. Yeah. And I mean, within that toxic marriage that I was in, you know, I even talk about it today. And what I do is like, take it in bite-sized pieces. Whatever change that you're going to make, if you are in that toxic relationship, you definitely just take it in bite-sized pieces. Don't expect yourself to say, okay, I've never, I've never committed to making sure the laundry was done. If you haven't done that because you've felt so much weight on yourself of like the relationship and the, you know, the stress and the sadness it's okay if you do your best and you you don't succeed every single day. Like that's all we do as moms, as dads. Tell yourself to step up to that plate and just do your your best. So like none of us are perfect and I never want to be perfect. I mean, it's but for my health of my mental, you know, stability and being able to be a mom and be there. I know that I need to do my best as best as I can. And if honestly, if that is just getting up in the morning and putting a smile on your face to get those kids off to school, that's okay because that's what you could do today. And that's, that's one thing that I think is so important too. So really breaking up with perfectionism after a toxic situation. (laughs) Yeah, because it feels like you're always performing in a toxic situation, always 
trying to be good enough and it's never good enough. So, so that's not what you're experiencing in your current relationship. It sounds like, and that's really lovely. No. And, you know, I had in between relationships and, you know, that toxicity and how I thought things were supposed to be, because I was with him for, you know, a decade and I was like, Oh, it's okay. Maybe not to be, you know, this far treated badly, but I guess that's just how people are treated. You never see what's really going on behind closed doors for everyone. So I kind of just brought a lot of that with me. And eventually it was like, no, this doesn't feel right. No. And then, you you know, for me, I just got to that point where I was like, I know what I need and I know what's right. And I'm going to believe that there's someone out there and there's support and everything. And I have my kids and who's ever there by my side. And you just sit in that believing and you never know what's going to happen. Which is hard in after a toxic situation, you know, I mean, that you never know what's going to happen. The hope, the belief, you know, it's hard to, ever feel like you can be loved again because you feel so unlovable after yeah. those situations, right? You you really do. And it, that's exactly where I came from is like, you know, he would tell me that itself, you know, my ex-husband would just be like, nobody's going to love you because you have, I have cystic fibrosis. It's a chronic lung disease. And I was sick constantly nobody's going to take care of you. Nobody's going to want to love you. Like I'm, you know, I've got you, this is the best you're going to get. And and I would tell myself that. And even afterwards, I was like, what am I doing? Why am I leaving? If like, there's this person here, but really he wasn't supporting me and he really wasn't loving me. He just, we just, I was, I felt like a convenience. I just felt like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm I'm here to take the care of the kids and, you know, make sure that the house is taken care of and things like that. And it was so hard for me to move forward and know I'm worthy. And I, no matter how everybody has something going on and you're just going to find that person that you connect with who really does understand and supports you. So what advice do you have for someone trying to decide if they're going to stay or should they go and ah, I'm going to see my kids 50% of the time and, you know, whatever their own, they may or may not have cystic fibrosis, but whatever they have going on in their own life that they say that will, they will tell themselves, no one will ever love me. Something's wrong with me. No one will ever choose me. What advice would you give to her? Rewrite your story. So, you know, you look at the assumptions you make, that's all assumptions, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen. And for me, an assumption is a story and it's a story that I tell myself and I catch myself always where, you know, what, when I have issues with my kids and my co-parent and, you know, I have a belief, he has a belief. And I always laugh. I say, there's a reason we're not married, but we're still co-parents. And so for what I do is just, if this is temporary and everything's mm-hmm. temporary, my happiness right now is temporary. Tomorrow brings something else. We have no idea, but if you can just take what you have and, you know, for me, it was 10 years of 
being uncomfortable, not feeling, you know, I'd have the ups and the downs and, oh, he's the greatest and, oh, he loves me. And, but really I was like really sad and I wasn't feeling very happy. And Mm so all of these stories that happened, like that is legit my life that I had before. And really when I sat down and I just kind of wrote things out, I was never a journaler still today. I struggle at being consistent, but when I am, and I sit down and you're sitting there wondering what you should do next, whether it be for advocating for your kids, leaving a marriage or a relationship, rewrite the story. So for me, it was looking at what happened and not focusing on all of the bad. The bad happened. And every time I focused on the bad, I felt like I brought myself down even more. I could not change what happened, but I looked at, you know, we went camping with the kids all the time. We gave them, you know, together, we had a a good house for them. They went to a good school and we laughed and did this and trips and everything. And now are you ready to really change and rewrite that story? If you're single, if you have kids, be open to what's next. So if I'm completely unhappy and and whatever the reasons are, we are all, we all have our own stories, take little pieces of it and rewrite it. So, you know what? I've always given into this, um, say for me, it was, I always took the kids where they needed to go and pick them up always. And I was drained over it because I, it was me. I felt like a single mom. And so it was time for me to kind of, okay, so I'm going to pick them up, but I'm going to have you drop them off every day. And when I was trying to make that change in the marriage, it was like, it's not working. And so then it's like part of your story where you're like, okay, I need to make a shift because if he's not willing to do what I thought was very simple in meeting part way with me, then I think there's a bigger thing going on. And that's, you know, you just take those little pieces and look at what hurts, what is happening all the time. What are you okay with? There's stuff that happens. You don't want to change it because it, it's just, it's okay. Maybe it, you know, he doesn't kiss you goodnight. There's something very small like that, but like, that's okay if you're okay with it. But if that's a deal breaker for you, then, you know, you're right. Let's change. And I, let's change that story. Believe that it's going to be okay. You know, and it's the other piece about it is support. Mm. We all say, I got this. You know, the the term, I don't even know if it's still going on because it drove me so crazy is, you know, like, missing, I'm independent. I'm an independent, independent woman. And it's like, I am, but I'm not going to be strong if I don't have support. I'm as strong as I can personally be at my best, but I know that to succeed, I never would have been able to move forward even without one person by my side who was like, you got this, like keep, you know, just a couple of my friends were like that, not all of them. And adding in that support when you're rewriting your story, it's okay to get help. And I always struggled with that myself. So it's like, when you rewrite, make sure you have people there to support you. Um, I could go on forever with. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a trauma response to not bring in that support. Right. Yeah. And it's, 
if you felt like a single mom and doing everything yourself, then you tell yourself, well, I have to do everything myself and no one will fly as high as they can fly or reach, be the best mom they can be, or be the best employee they can be, or whatever, alone. Like, that's incredibly egotistical. We don't think about it that way. But you know, we're like, Oh, I don't want to bother anyone. It's like, I am the best I can be. And I don't need anyone to be better, right? Like, we would never (laughs) say that out loud, because it sounds crazy, you know, when we kind of say it out loud, but, uh, well, I, and I know you support people, Gabby. So tell people where they can find more out about you. Yeah. So, um, the easiest place to find me is my website, Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y, Gast, G-A-S-T.com. And I'm also on Instagram and I'm coach underscore Gabby Gast. So those are the two places, um, you know, I've got a couple of different um, programs and things that you're welcome to reach out to me for. And I really do my, I have, um, I've created this, you know, name on two words um, and I, it's co-blending with Gabby Gast. So I work with moms and dads who co-parent and whether that be you know, I have these four stages of communication, whether you're able to talk to them, you get triggered by talking to them and it's just feels very scary. Like whatever your co-parenting relationship with, or sorry, whatever the co-parenting relationship is like, you still have to co-parent with that person. So if it's talking to them or not, there's still strategies that you can work through and emotions and things. And then on top of that, it's blending families after divorce or after separation. You know, it's, we think for me, I went into my now blended family. Like I love kids. Kids love me. I babysat. I did all, I have two kids. They love me. But then when you bring another child in, that's not yours, they have a bio mom or dad, it, you, you could scare them away very quickly. So that's, Mm -hmm. there's like two parts there that I work with people on. So I love that. Okay. So fun question. If you had a one minute broadcast to the entire world, so you got to have your voice across the entire world. um, What do you wish people knew? Oh, I wish that people knew it's okay to feel like you don't know what to do. Um, It's okay to lose hope. It's okay to feel stuck because (laughs) you're not alone. So for me, I did. I really, I, when I, I found out that I needed a double lung transplant. So I really feel like I have faced (laughs) the hardest health trauma for me, hopefully that I ever have to face. And I, People constantly say, like, I'm go, go, Gabby. Um, And so I just really want people to know that life can change on a dime. And it's all right because you're not alone. So, you know, especially I was in a toxic relationship. My health was decreasing. He was not a support person for me. And I realized that over time. And I feel like, 
you know, I created this, it's the fearless woman is it's okay to, we don't, I want people to feel fearless. So it's not about having zero fears. It's about being ready to face whatever it is when it arises and not, and you can just break right through that wall. And that's why I want people to know, like, we are all fearless. We just have to really embrace it. And whatever the best is for you to embrace that, no matter how down down you feel or like you have lost hope for everything, wake up the next morning and know that you get to set the tone for the day no matter what it is. I love that, Gabby. Thank you so much. You guys check her out at GabbyGast.com. And Gabby, thank you for helping us on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much to all of you who have left reviews. I am so grateful to you uh, for your honesty, right? Uh, I don't pay for reviews. I don't usually ask people to do reviews, but it lets other women know they're in the right place. It lets other people know like, oh my gosh, this can really help me. We're all busy. None of us want to waste our time. And I never want to be a waste of your time. So when you leave a review, either for the book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof, or the podcast, and yes, you can leave reviews anonymously. You can always search uh, Google if you don't know how to do that. But when you leave a review, even if it's anonymous, it it's telling other people, it's leaving a path for them so they know where to find information that can actually change their life and not waste their time. So thank you so much for those of you who have already left a review. And thank you for those who are going to leave a review and pay it forward and give back to the world to help other people become toxic person proof. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.